Badlands, run into Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the moment you've all been waiting for. It is why we vote. Heck I'm yeah, it joined, is. I am joined by the lovely Ash Epp, Ash in America. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Did you go to Taco Bell? No, not yet. I'm going after. I am very oh, hangry. You're going late, right Taco now, Bell. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm very hangry oh. right now. Very hangry. So if I if I get all fidgety with you, it's because of my stomach is going. Bleh. All right. If, uh, if you get fidgety, should I bring in my Chihuahua? Will that make it? Will that be like a Taco Bell emotional you, support situation? Do you really have a Chihuahua? I do. Yeah, she's not in here though. Oh my goodness. Uh, the other day to... when we were covering the fanny trial, there was a moment where she was sitting. I had like a, a towel up here and she was sitting up here and like I wanted there to be a break, but then she got pissed and left. She's, uh, she's I don't know how I feel about Chihuahuas, man. All right. Well, I yeah, I'll pass judgment until until I see the dog because I'm I'm a very I'm a dog person, so I like all dogs. Just yeah. small dogs are getting closer to cats for me and I have I do have issues with cats. Yeah, you so, need to get over that. Your wife likes cats. My wife loves cats. Mm -hmm. but anyways. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got three incredible guests. But before we bring them on, let's go ahead and jump into our first sponsor. So we talk, we constantly talk about health and different ways to get help and many questions about ivermectin and where to get it. That's why we've partnered with EZRX. They have a huge selection of meds at badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX and or uh, you can click in the description box below. Either way, use promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your order of $150 or more. EZRX not only has a huge selection, but also quality assurance, big savings, and fast shipping. If you're looking for ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, fembendazole, then head that way today. Don't forget about fembendazole. They've tested it on worms and parasites that can live inside of us. It's not horrifying at all without obvious signs and can lead to complications from bowel obstruction to loss of appetite, loss of weight, anemia, lung infection, and liver congestion. The fembendazole seems to have different qualities in that some people have stated it helped them in that area with cancer. Check out this video uh, that reminds us of what happens when some people take fembendazole my own research that once you have wide metastasis small cell lung cancer you're literally a goner the zero percent chance of survival at three to six months life expectancy and i was basically told to go home and get my affairs in order and think about hospice and the next day i got a call from a large animal veterinarian in western oklahoma who's a college friend and family friend and he told me this crazy story about a scientist at Merck on the veterinary side who has been doing cancer research on mice and she had hundreds of mice that she'd implanted cancers in all their body parts, brain, stomach, liver, pancreas, etc. And her mouse population came down with intestinal parasites. And so she had no choice but to save her research. She gave her all of her mice fenbendazole. If you went out to any zoo in the world, they bring in fenbendazole truckload, front-end loader, head-high piles in bays because they give that drug to every single animal in the animal kingdom. And one of the oldest and safest drugs around, right? Yeah, it's been around for 40 years. Easy RX promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your purchase of $150 or more. All right, we missed the first part. Badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX. It got cut off in the beginning. I don't know why. It was weird. But uh, I, I have succeeded again in pissing off the chat just a little bit by my disdain for small. Already? 
and cats. <laughs> yeah, this has been a rough week for me, man. This has been a rough week, but you know what? We pushed through. We pushed through. Anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring on our guests for this evening. Uh, I don't even know who to bring up first. Let's just bring them all up. Bring Screw them it. all up. We've got this Clay is be so fun. For those of you that don't know, Clay Parikh is a cybersecurity uh, expert. And expert. Uh, he is, yes, he is a uh, former ProVNV uh, tester, system, voting systems labs tester. So he has a lot of insight into this. Go ahead, Ash. But do you have a background in environmental science? Because that is what it really takes to secure our election systems. <laughs> environmental science law, which law. makes it even worse. Well, no, he's a lawyer, but his undergrad was in uh, environmental science. Are, of course, are, talking about Chris Krebs. You could the head go to system. medical school for a little bit as they have their policy advisor in Virginia is, right? <laughs> All right. And then we've also got Miss Amber Connor, who has uh, been arduously taking notes and and doing all sorts of work in the curling v raffensburger case and the fanny willis trial that we just got some breaking news on this morning thanks to to ash blowing up my phone while i'm on badlands daily i, wasn't I was giving you context you're like i'm all right i, I see all these texts but i can't read these texts we're just gonna read the article i'm like well if you had just read the texts online then you would be i can't read these it'll be dead air not if you read them out loud it's a good point, but you got to put read aloud <laughs> or something. All right. Amber, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. And actually, you mentioned cats. We just had one of our cats pass away. And so we had to take uh, him to the crematory and then make it a schedule a day where we could go and give him his funeral. I know it's cheesy to some people, but my kids really wanted it. So we're doing that. That's not at so all. Sorry. I, I personally don't like cats as pets but i love all animals so that breaks my heart to hear that i'm, I'm yeah really my sorry. my husband doesn't like cats as pets but me and my children <laughs> outnumbered him so well the and good news is that your cat can vote now so yes yes as 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 dogs can as well yeah all right and then last but certainly not least we have colonel sean smith joining us uh how you doing colonel least i'm least you are not least. okay I'm so well before we get started, yeah. before we get started, I have to get this out of the way. Ash and, and Colonel Smith, Sean, are you guys safe from the sky circles? Mark, I don't think safe. we know. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a much thicker tinfoil hat than Sean does. I'm still concerned. But we do have to, we, we have to get Sean's take on the sky circle. Most people um, know, I think, uh, Sean's been a guest on the show a whole bunch of times, but he tested critical infrastructure for the Department of Defense with respect to the skies in some ways. And so if anybody is qualified to talk about sky circles, it's Sean. Um, although I also, I, I don't believe that Sean has an undergrad in environmental science. So take his opinions on our elections with a grain of salt. Or, or a chemical or medical sciences degree, which is, so, so I talked about this before, you know, the, the, by law, the, the chair for the technical guidelines development committee that advises the voting system standards for the EAC is uh, from the NIST. The NIST chairs that they're supposed to be the technical advisor, National Institute of Standards and Technology, and they keep sending non-cyber people. I I don't even know what to say. I'm sure, so the Dr. Lori Lacasio is apparently the current chair, and I'm sure she's a genius and she's got great credentials, but none of them are cyber. 
this is you know like if you're if you're on a plane and they and they come back and they say is anybody here a pilot and then somebody raised their hand and said no but i sell cars don't let them go in the cockpit <laughs> do not let non-cyber people give any advice to anybody about voting systems because they're nothing but computers now what the hell could anybody else have to say about it anyway that's actually a fascinating analogy so all right. Well, Ash, I'm going to kind of let you, you're, you're sitting in the, in the captain's seat here in the middle there. Where do you want to begin tonight? So, um, we, we only have Sean for 30 minutes. So I okay. want to start with the CIS, the CISA report. Okay. All right. If, so I've got the, I, I think you still have it marked up. Yep. Hopefully. I still do. Okay. Yep. I've kept it open the whole week because I was I was hoping that we would get, you know, some technical experts because you and I went through it last week and and I think we did a pretty adequate job at reading it, but we don't know what the hell half of that crap meant. So that's why we've got uh we've got Clay and and Sean here for sure. And uh Amber, you feel free to chime in at any point in this. Um I I think the first place to start, well, first off, Clay and and, and Sean, uh what was your overall you know, kind of assessment in looking at this report. Quite clear. Well, uh, I, I guess I'll go. Hey, I think y'all pretty much nailed it. It was pretty much a, a, a sales pitch. It looked to be they they included some things, right? That uh, in a lot of stuff, believe me, anybody who just did basic scans on the systems would know about or reviewed their their test reports could could have told you the issues with them, right? I mean, and to me, that's what it was. Hey, get us in here. Let's let's install these Albert sensors. Let us monitor your stuff, you know. And again, I want to stress to everybody, you know, and and again, I know very little about technical stuff, but um, you definitely need an internet connected security service monitoring your standalone air gapped not connected to the internet systems right so i just you know and i see i see i see sean's agreeing with me on that because it makes perfect logical sense to me you know because i'm i'm from alabama so it makes perfect sense to me um, so anyway but colonel what'd you think I, um well, I mean, obviously, I so I didn't I didn't see your guys show. Don't don't get mad. You I, mean you I, don't stop everything you're doing on a Friday night to watch Why We Vote, even though you probably know you more really about should. the. I'm buried. I'm buried under a, so much work that I'm not it's getting to so many people. My job is basically disappointing people. That's the truth. So I I really Sean, it, but. I really wanted to get your opinion on spear phishing. Okay. Uh, what about it? I'm the Florida guy. Can I just, can I just tell you, can I tell you something about this? That is all you need to know about this report. So, so Clay nailed it, what this was really for, but the stuff that they reveal in this on page seven, where it looks, says vulnerability remediation, median days to remediate. This is, is look, once you find out about something, how long does it take you to fix it in your, this is all critical systems. These are all critical infrastructure, right? So. So when you if you're a if you're a pilot operating uh, you know an aviator in other service operating military aircraft you have something called a dash one a dash one is your emergency procedures you do not have minutes to conduct your emergency procedures I know guys who are have been pilots for decades and these are people who are just penultimate professionals 
they spend an hour minimum a day, a day, every day for decades studying their emergency procedures because if things go wrong, and I really appreciate it now because they're commercial airline pilots, but before that they were flying military aircraft. And the reason I appreciate that is because when something goes wrong, you are either on it and you can do it right away or you are not and everybody dies and the mission fails. That's it. There's no question about it. That's what it means to be critical infrastructure. We have election systems. <laughs> we have one election day. We have weeks, you know, months sometimes leading up to it. But look at what it says on page seven, the median days to remediate vulnerabilities for critical severity. This is the worst kind. This means mission impacting, mission ending. If this was a military or national security system for a voting system, it means the system either won't work or is gonna get the wrong result or is gonna be in the control of the wrong people. That's what a critical severity is in a, in a critical infrastructure system for elections. And the median time to remediate a vulnerability once they found out about it was 103.7 days. That's the median. That means some were worse. Now pair that with two other things. First, the knowledge that solar winds first was um, so solar winds hack. So the supply chain compromise, which became known as sunspot, and never mind supernova, which again was much worse, but solar winds was operating for at least nine months on CISA's own servers without them ever detecting it. Never saw it themselves. They had to be told about the indicators of compromise from FireEye Mandiant. And then they found it and said, oh, look what we found. And then they told everybody about it. But, but that took them nine months to even find that they didn't find it. They never found it. Now, from that point, add three months to do something about the most severe vulnerability. And then one more fact. And together, you have a complete picture of our election infrastructure. Eric Coomer, vice president of you know, strategy or security or whatever at Dominion at the time he said it. I'm quoting him now, see if I get this right. Our shit is riddled with bugs. Yeah. Right, are we done? <laughs> that's all, that's all knitted, it's done, yeah. we're done. This is they can't do it, you know, it's never gonna be secure. They can't, and, and they lied to us about it. And we yeah, know they lied to us about it. So that's what I want to I want to um, touch on, Sean, because one thing that, you know, the, the broader audience might not understand. Most people, I don't think, know the timeline in it, this report was published in March of 2021. In April of 2021, after you had done months of work going through the product manuals and understanding the infrastructure and all of the different component parts and vendors and their systems, USEIP published a vulnerabilities report, largely based on on Sean's expertise and and you know blood, sweat, and tears put into the report, that outlined, you know, at different levels of severity, the vulnerabilities within our election systems. One month after this report, which according to its document classification went to everybody in the election uh, infrastructure. Um, sub uh, subsector coordinating council. So everybody who, after our April 2021 report, came out and demonized. You know, we had the third party associations publishing fact check kind of stuff about this. And what what I think is so sinister is 
at the time in 2021, we were assuming they just didn't know what they were talking about, right? They just didn't realize how vulnerable these things were. Come to find out, they knew exactly how vulnerable it was. They'd gotten a report on it. And when when the citizenry came to them and said, hey, this is a big problem. Look at this, you know, credentialed experts. We know what we're talking about. We understand these systems. And th- these are real big problems absolutely demonized what how do how how do we come back from that when when elections are a hundred percent um reliant upon at least some public trust ash i would like to jump in and say i think they do that after they gaslight people uh send them court orders say if you keep talking we're going to bring you into court, threaten, and then they put it out to cover their boudoirs to yeah. then say later, no, we did have a report out and to gaslight everyone into thinking they must be crazy. But if yeah. I'm remembering correctly, in the fall of 2020, the Atlanta commissioners in their budget report seem to have purchased solar winds. So I think yeah. Fulton County had ended up purchasing solar winds um that fall i'll have to go back and look at the budget i don't know if sean so knows I, that I, or I if do, he's aware i, I do want to add in because this is why i love sean because he jumped straight into the report to a prime example of just how bad things are and um and so for the jarhead on the other side of the screen to relate hey when he's talking about those airline procedures Think about hang fires and hot tubes and stuff, right? Because you being a mortarman, I know you understand the artillery piece. Sean's exactly right. In the military, you study your emergency procedures, those critical procedures, every stick of day. You memorize what page number they're on in the manual so you can get to them instantly because lives depend on them. Not quite the same thing, but that good point. And since we started talking DOD, ah. what was it? 170 days. You know, when a critical vulnerability is identified in the DOD infrastructure, it comes down in the Army, the Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force. They all, you got 96 hours to report back that you've remediated that critical vulnerability. That, and that's a slack time, 96 hours. And when you've got thousands of servers and workstations and everything, that's a humongous task. And everybody gets applied to that. Even contractors for DOD fall under that. If you've got high findings, you don't have high findings. You get rid of them. They get remediated. Those vulnerabilities have to go away. Mitigation's in place. And we're talking it within days, not, not, and I mean, less than a week, right? You don't get months. You don't get. And all that, all that. So, so when I was taking command of the missile warning site, it was a, it's a it's a radar, a giant uh, radar designed to detect sea launch ballistic missiles. Can also detect ICBMs. It can track objects in space. Um, just before I took command, something happened that led the missile warning center, the higher headquarters people, to uh, be concerned about the accuracy of the data of our site. The very first thing they did was drop our data lines on their end. In other words, the moment that they thought we don't know what they're doing. They dropped our data line so we could not input data into the model anymore. And then I spent the next several days, this was the very first thing I did in in command, was figuring out what had gone sideways with the report that had come out of our system. That's about all I can say about it uh, in terms of technical detail. But 
that's what it looks like when somebody takes a critical infrastructure and a critical function seriously. And that leads me back to this entire clown show that is SISA. Uh, and that is the designation of election infrastructure and that the MSISAC and EIISAC and the SEC and GCC, the Government and Sector Coordinating Council. When you designate something as critical infrastructure, it's supposed to be so that it gets additional attention and standards to protect it because it's so important. The only reason very clearly, because you can see in the effect, there's no effect in protecting, there's no effect in improving. The only reason our election infrastructure was stuck under that critical infrastructure designation was to hide information, just exactly like this. And I think, did you guys talk about what the TLP Amber thing? I was, that's exactly what I was about to bring up is I wanted to ask how significant that was that this, this, and, and this still would not have been discovered if it wasn't for a FOIA that Yehuda Miller put out and was able to get this back. I don't even know if he specifically, you know, was looking for this or what. He but, wasn't. You know, and I wouldn't have seen it either if Ash hadn't pointed it out. And being the pro se attorney that she is now, uh, <laughs> she reads these disclaimers and she actually gets into this. But they they intended to hide this from the people. They This was not something that they wanted widely disseminated. Uh, well, now, so I'm going to add to that right because this is classified because you wouldn't want general public per se to know about vulnerabilities that you need to fix right so if you got a security assessment report you did the weekly scans you you would but here's the thing when they gave it to that distribution list it should have flowed down the chain of command right yeah. every it person in the county and the state should have been aware of this and they all should have been working on the remediation and mitigation of these findings. And that's what did not happen. All right. the counties and states, they all said, nah, nah, you're crazy people. Put your tinfoil hats away and get out of here. Take your FOIA requests and leave. So well, um, all you need to know is it'll take the federal government seven to 10 months to find a vulnerability. <laughs> and it'll take the people running election and voting systems on average, three months to fix those vulnerabilities. They don't have to give the details, right? But the TLP Amber thing, that's not a US information control no, no. classification designation. Whoever put that on a document produced by a US agency pertaining to US election systems, which every citizen in the country has a right to know that the systems are not secure and not securable, that they have these kind of vulnerabilities, whoever put that on there needs to be slapped like really hard in the face, but I'd settle for their removal from the federal government. That that should never happen. I We should never see uh, something like that put on it by a federal government agency. If they turn it over to some other agency and that agency gets a control, that control should be a directive from the federal government agency. TLP Amber is from a, like a private, I forget, it's a like forum of internet security or... Yeah. Traffic of, limiting it, protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, yeah. yeah. That, TLP Amber basically means if you get this, you keep it within your organization. Yeah. 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 That's what this, that means. What this should have been is like a CUI or F, you know, FOUO type thing. What right? it really was was a CYA. Um, so, yeah. Sean, I have uh, I, I have one more thing for you because I know we've only got a couple of minutes left with you. Brian, can you share my screen real quick? Yes. So, this, this is the lawsuit. <laughs> that is in the Kansas Supreme Court right now. It is the League of Women Voters is going after the state 
because the um, new uh, election integrity measures in the state, they're very upset about. And as I was reading this, I, for, for the two, knowing that I was going to have the both of you here to have this conversation, it, this half of this document, this is the original filing, half of this document reads as though we wrote it in, <laughs> in pushing back against the thing. They are basically saying that signature verification to the state of Kansas is so oppressive because there are no standards and you can't do it with the naked eye and people aren't professionals. They're not equipped to do signature. So we should just scrap the whole thing. And I have to get your reaction before we let you go. A hundred percent. I agree with that. You cannot do it with the amateurs. And that's why you cannot accept absentee votes without the affidavit of a witness. So you have a, you, you have Yulkava voting, right? Uniformed overseas civilian so this is for you know deployed military and civilians in service of their country, not for people who are on vacation or decide to move overseas, whatever. I don't know what they are, but you want to vote, come back. But for the military, because they're overseas, take care of the nation's business and the military or DOD civilians, we have to have some form of absentee voting. But there are people there who can sign an affidavit. Yes, I observed this person seal that envelope. Here's my signature. And, and if I lied, then you can put me in a military prison. And that's how we should do it, right? The absence of that kind of safeguard in the Civil War, the very first time that vote by mail or absentee voting was ever used, is the very first time we had vote by mail fraud or absentee voting fraud. And Lincoln almost hung people over it, right? It was, it was New York politicians and trying to get, uh, basically using troops. And then there were a couple of military officers too that were involved. And Sean, I want to say we used to do it. And they it should have hung them. Yeah. Sean, we used to do it that way. I remember when I requested my ballot before we deployed, because I knew it was going to be deployed, I, I went and, and had it filled out the form, got it notarized by the staff judge advocate's office, right? They it's went to Alabama. When it came to me, I had to have one of my platoon commanders sign it, right? And, and sign on to it as a witness when I mailed it back. And that's the way that it easy. used to be. Yeah. Yeah. You you'll you won't you you won't find a military or civilian anywhere without you know some kind of senior person. Yeah. It just it doesn't happen. And the, and the officers in most states are authorized to notarize without any further certification by the state. Yeah. And you know, if you can't take a you know, your senior NCOs and NC even NCOs are the backbone, you can take their signature too. But but that would solve that problem. And everybody who says anything about, well, you know, we can't burden them, it's all nonsense because what's happening right now is their votes are being stolen. I, I guarantee you their votes are being stolen. Their votes are being used, you know, nefariously and fraudulently. So, um, you know, according to you guys, when the next time that you have, uh, you know, under oath testimony or sworn affidavits to do for signature verification in a court of law, just cite the League of Women Voters because they admit that it is damn near impossible to do signature signature verification. Now they think we should just flood the ballots and not have any controls. But let's remember that mail-in ballots were sold to us with the control of signature verification. That's how you know it's a legitimate ballot. Sean, I know you got to go. So any last words before we say sayonara? Um, well, I'll just say about the you know the envelope that's lifting all these high altitude balloons. Um, you don't have to shoot the thing. You can you can just burn holes in it. And when you burn holes in it, the helium starts to escape. You get a very you know graceful descent, 
and you know the jet stream so you just you just you put as many holes in it of the size that you want for the rate of descent that you want and you put that thing down i could put it down within probably about a uh i don't know maybe a three square mile box anywhere underneath the path plus or minus depending on surface winds up to that altitude but and i and i could do that with about I don't know, four hours notice all you have to do is slave an industrial laser to a good quality telescope if you're looking at it you can see the laser on it the, the idea that the military cannot bring those things down safely over the united states is absolutely absurd and it's a lie and the fact that they're not doing it means that you know somebody at a very high level is telling them to just let it happen so Wow. Everybody who tells you to let it happen is wrong. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. Wow. Well, Sean Smith, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll have you back again soon. All right. Take care. Okay. Take care, brother. All right. So, Clay, um, you are vindicated on signature vacation. Uh, I think, you know, we all, we all, we all kind of are um, in terms of the, the, the arguments that are being, it was always going to go this way, the slippery slope. I don't know why Brian just went gray. Um, it's going to open up by accident. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. Um, so in, in terms of the arguments that are now being made, and this was argued two days ago, this case that I'm citing was argued before the Kansas Supreme court two days ago, where they are now saying signature verification is much too oppressive. It results in voter disenfranchisement because their votes should be counted and the signatures are, are considered bad. Let's just throw out signatures altogether. And, uh, you know, we don't need to have a control on mail-in ballot. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, first off, I agree. We shouldn't have any signature verification because we shouldn't have any mail-in drop-off voting, right? Period. And I'm going to hit that from several points because if you're going to ignore security, you're going to ignore it. Just like I look at your ballots. Is that 80-pound paper? Is it 80-pound there, Ash? Pick it uh, back up, I don't know. I was, gonna bring, I was going to bring these up because these are the, um, the Colorado sure. primary ballots. So, so here's the thing. Know, which which voting systems do you use? What's your uh, clear ballot in my county? Oh, okay. So here's the thing that I'll tell you, and this is all the vendors. They all have security mechanisms on these tabulators, right? That should do. Dominion uses. Oh, you got to have their special high-priced secure vote paper that that gets looked for, right? ESNS, it has to be 80-pound ballot paper, right? And it has to have a special link. And of course, we know Angela Shepard down here proved that wrong with flimsy old copy paper. Mm -hmm. Why are those security settings turned off on the tabulators? Right? Answer me that. Here's the other thing. HAVA, the Help America Vote Act, Title III, Section 301A, right? And VVSG is based off this requirement on the machineries, right? The voter must be able to verify their vote before it is cast. That means for the machines... If you make a mistake, if you overvote, like, you you know, and, you know, Brian's got that crayon in his hand and he colors in both circles for governor of Florida and then goes crazy and they'll tell him, spit the ballot back out. Hey, you, you made a boo-boo here. You got to correct it, right? If there's anything wrong with the ballot, the voter does that. There's a section B that says that'll waive that right. And if you're waiving signatures, 
are you educating the voter on what they give up by not validating and, and verifying their vote? And I'm only bringing this up because I'm still mad at the judicial system in Pennsylvania, right? The way they wrote it off as a clerical error when the barcodes did not match the printed text and a whole bunch of voters questioned it. And they said, oh, don't worry. It'll still be read correctly. When's it getting read correctly? Is that voter there to verify? You tell me which county official or state official can look at that ballot and say, oh, yeah, that printed text didn't match the top, but we know they meant the printed text or no, they meant the barcode. Which one was it? This is simple stuff. And 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 that's what gets me with this. There shouldn't be drop boxes. There shouldn't be mail-in voting, period. You know, if you're going to be crazy enough to do it and you don't involve any security, it's just like President Trump said a, a, a night or two ago, right? If you got voting, mail-in voting, you have 100% fraud or he's something to that effect, right? And he's he's absolutely correct on that. Absolutely correct. Yeah. And I would like to say in Fulton County, what we experienced, there were multiple people that when they showed up to vote, they were told, no, you already voted absentee. They said, no, I didn't. So then they were able to vote. They signed an affidavit. They were able to vote. But guess what? The feds came to their house and accused them of voting twice. Oh, wow. And they had to say, no, I didn't. And they said, yes, you did. They said, well, show me where I voted by absentee. And they said, well, um, we just have it in our system. And one of my friends that this happened to, she said, show me my signature then so you can match it to my signature. And they said, we don't have a signature on it. She said, then how can you tell me that it was my vote? That in itself tells you how insane because the people who steal your vote and they send it by absentee. They don't get in trouble because no one knows who did it. But guess yep. who gets called on? The person who voted twice because they were allowed to vote because oh. they signed an affidavit. Amber, Amber, can we can we stay? Amber brought up such a good point, such a good point. Because here's the thing, and this this occurred with these provisional ballots as well, right out in Maricopa. How do you know? If they say you mailed in your vote and they track the vote, they let you know all your votes been received, you voted, right? How do they go back and find and correct and know which one's which from the county's level or from the state level? They look, I deal in big, complicated systems that can track stuff and follow stuff, and I know Sean can too. You can't do that. They can't, they can't say, oh, they voted this one. This one here counts, not the one that we just because two, think about it. There's a big stack of mail-in votes back at some central location. And I know, Ash, we know you love centralized voting, right? So, <laughs> but, but they've got that big stack. How do they know which ballot to pull out? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm telling you, I just read him. It was, I think it was in Virginia. I'm helping too many states. But in Virginia, they read, if there's a conflict or whatever, and the, and the machine ballot totals don't match to, to the tapes, they'll just pull out a random ballot. Mm-hmm. You know, and so who gives the who gives a poll worker the county that kind of authority? You know, and right. Amber, that's a good point because now look, oh well, now it shows you voted twice. So we're going to get you for voter fraud. You know, so yeah. this is they why had to call lawyers immediately, and they were out this a is lot of why money. my recommendation, and I vote in person, and I keep my mail in ballot, the one that I end up voting, which is usually the Republican one, not always, but usually. Uh, the one that I end up voting, I keep it in the car. I don't bring it in because that's my record. My mail-in vote is my record. 
if you show up to vote and you still have your mail-in ballot, right? If you show up to vote and they say you already voted absentee or, you know, remotely by mail, in my opinion, and I've said this publicly and I stand by it, you take out your phone, you turn on the camera, you call the police and you get every single bit of that documented because if you still have your mail-in ballot and they're telling you that you voted, that has to be a systemic thing or a person that showed up, you know, pretending to be you. Either way, it's identity theft. It's election fraud. It's all sorts of other fraud. It's document fraud and forgery and all of those things. And it's a crime. If you don't report it when it happens, if you don't get on the, that on the record, then you end up in the this way, the situation of what is going on with with Amber's friends. Right. Oh, well, well, you know, we can't really reconcile. It's way too far after and everything's centralized now, et cetera, et cetera. No, I want to know if my identity has been stolen and somebody's using that to vote. I want to I want an investigation into it. I want it absolutely on the record. So I think um, that's a yeah, great idea. Call the sheriff. Yes. It's yeah, the, call the absolutely. Um, we have uh, another ad. We're, we're getting to our, our next sponsor, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the uh, Mr. Uh, Election Integrity himself. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. All right, MyPillow.com, promo code BADLANDS. I want to move into something along this same topic here and this is uh something that happened in nevada during the primary and uh you know obviously there was the the split the split voting that they had over there the caucus and the primary the caucus done mainly in person whereas the primary had mail-in ballots and everything else and we we talked about this briefly on uh on badlands daily but i kind of wanted to save this for uh why we vote and get y'all's reaction to this so this is a story uh that came out of nevada this is the las vegas review journal nevada identifies voter history errors on website fix is underway uh now this so so i'm, I'm gonna summarize this because clay we'll talk a little bit about the technical aspect and how silly this is basically people were going and checking to see if they voted and and again, Ash, you and I have talked ad, ad nauseum about this. People who don't vote don't tend to check to see whether or not they voted. And so this election, and I don't know if maybe it's because, you know, people are, are starting to, to realize what's going on. I've been, me and Ash have been hounding on this for years now, for two or three years since 2020. And uh, maybe, maybe it's starting to catch on and people actually started checking to see if they voted even when they didn't cast a mail-in ballot. 
And the results were shocking. They came back as saying, yes, you did, in fact, cast a mail-in ballot. Now, one thing that I thought was really interesting before the show, I was looking, uh, uh, Mindy Robinson's ex uh, came across my, my feed, and she had a DCPatriot.com article up talking about this instance. She found this, or not necessarily her specifically, but you know, she kind of exposed this before any of these articles were even written. So this is something that was, again, uh, you know, uh, populist kind of, found discovered and then addressed in retrospect you know they go back and say oh yeah you know human error technical glitch and all that stuff glitch yeah and so what they're saying glitch here is, let, me, let me uh read just a little bit here of what they're saying in terms of a technical aspect uh again this is an error that relates to the code used for when a voter is sent a ballot, a mail ballot and does not return it. It has no connection in any way to vote tabulation. But this article that was written three days later is even more interesting. It says uh, the discrepancies impacted 14 of Nevada's 17 counties, although it's unknown how many voters were impacted. At no point was any county data inaccurate. It absolutely was inaccurate. You're telling people they they cast a ballot and they didn't. It's 100% inaccurate. There's no question. It says the root cause was, quote, simple and preventable in retrospect. The state voter database was hard coded to interpret. And Clay, please don't pop a blood vessel over this. The state voter database was hard coded to interpret certain voter history code in one way before and after February 16th, the 10th day after the primary, when the canvassing of the voter is due. Before the 10th day after an election, Counties marked any voters who had been sent a mail-in ballot with the code MB, which is the system which the system interprets to mean mail ballot counted. The Canvas code has been in place since Nevada's universal mail-in ballot system started in 2020 and was based on feedback from other counties. In previous elections, counties worked with the state and their vendors to take steps to ensure the code was only applied to appropriate individuals, but some of these steps did not happen in the primary. One county learned the issue was with that MB code. They worked with their internal teams and election management vendors to identify a way to remove that code from voters who were sent a mail ballot but did not return it or mailed it, uh, voted another another method. In Clark County, for instance, two post canvas code files uh, the co county sent to the state were in a format the state system could not read appropriately, and that resulted in inaccurate information being displayed on the state site. One of those formatting issues were identified. Clark County was able to make an adjustment and sent the updated file to the state system by 5 p.m. on Monday. What the bleep? So before... You're muted, Clay. You're muted. I'm muted on reason because muted. you know what I was saying. Anybody I know exactly what you were saying. Oh, my gosh. So before you respond... Doesn't this outcome imply that there is a deficiency in the testing? I think that this might be one of the most significant uh, election discrepancies that we've had, even Don't including call it a damn discrepancy. Well, okay, okay. So it's, it's a freaking major it. issue. This is a huge issue because here's here's the thing, and I was I was talking about this on daily. This issue right here takes away all all of the faith that we have all oh, cute pup. This takes away all of the faith that we have that when we go to verify that our vote was counted, that that's true and accurate. Because in this case, it's inaccurate. You, you know, people were saying they voted that they didn't actually vote. How do we know when we do vote and it says, yes, your, your vote was counted, that it was actually counted when we think it was. 
th- this destroys the whole entire thing. And Clay, yeah. I'll get your reaction first, but then I want to jump into something Bev Harris sent me, okay. which she's like the godmother okay. of, so, of, so of here, here's here's the one thing. Because I and I tell you, I because I just talked to Chris Jersky yesterday evening about about Nevada, right? Because this goes to exactly what what he was saying is happening, right? And that's why he's been in the poll data. And so here's what made it worse. Is see, I didn't read that second article. Oh, FYI for everybody that's watching this. That's why you got to tell your friends to watch Badlands, right? And I'll do this because this is where you learn. Because when I heard the Nevada thing, I went and read that first article. And I was like, this is, you know, BS. And, and then I went on. But then they explain it. And here's the thing. For the, everybody that doesn't know, my undergraduate degree, my bachelor's degree, I'm a computer scientist, right? I'm CIS. Well, the systems major. So that's why I understand yeah. what Sean shows those motherboards and all that. So what I'm telling you is that is bull crap. Everything that they stated and the way those codes are handled is bull crap. The worst thing is, it's at the state level. And if anybody's been hearing me talk in these X spaces and everything else, if you register to vote at the county, the county should control the database, right? And I've had people argue with me. If they want to do... <laughs> There's Brian trying to prove that his. You said you wanted to see if I had Chihuahua. Anyway, I'm in here, so I had to bring her. She really wants to leave, though. But, but here's the thing: if if you're sitting there in the county and that's where you register, the county's the only ones that should be controlling the database. If the state wants to watch voter fraud, they get read-only access to all the counties. They can make their Frankenstein database and do whatever combobulated stuff they do. That change in a code, you Ash nailed it. Show me the testing, the quality assurance that you transfer the data over. This is any business that functions and does code and does major code changes and changes the format. That's bullcrap. First off, I'm telling you, a code change like that doesn't matter. Hey, I mail out the ballots. Boom, boom, boom. It gets a certain code. Boom. It comes back. It should get a separate code only when it comes back. It does that it's it's bull. It's total bull. Let any tech person go in there and audit them. Anybody that's been working in the field a couple of years in IT could go and check that pro- and say that's total. I, I couldn't agree more, Clay, and I should probably go get my German Shepherd. We're <laughs> <laughs> showing off dogs. Got to bring met. Skywalker. Ash, your dog's name Skywalker? Yeah. Oh, I love oh, him already. I love him already. Hey, wait. And he's already had Taco Bell tonight. So you're just making no, I haven't. no, he hasn't. He's hangry because we, we're I'm keeping hangry. him from Taco Bell. <laughs> so 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 going back to what you were saying there, I mean, I want to pull this this up because um this is a tweet that Bev Harris, which again, Bev Harris is like the godmother of election integrity. She's been doing this longer than any of us here, I believe. I, I can't necessarily speak for Clay because no, he's no, like, she, she let hey, I don't argue. She brought out Benny Smith and Fraction Magic. The woman is yeah. You know, she actually she actually followed me the other day and I was like so excited. I was like, that's 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 the holy grail right there. But she she responded to my tweet about Nevada and she said this four key parts to election legitimacy. One, who can vote? Two, who did vote? Three, chain of custody. Four, the count. The problem in Nevada below is in number two and three, which is who who did vote and chain of custody. But they said, don't worry, because look at number four. What? 
for clarity, she says, one, the accounting document for who can vote is the voter registration list. Our only legitimate voters on the list is every valid voter able to get on the list if they choose to, and are the names on the list real? Number two, the accounting documents for who did vote are the poll books and the voter history. Were the voters the real ones? Does the number of voters equal the number of ballots cast? Number three, chain of custody is whether the public can see and verify that the ballots being counted are the real ballots and that none are missing, added or switched. And then number four, the count is simply one plus one plus one equals blank adds up to the correct total. Can the public verify that each vote was counted accurately and that the total sum of its parts? The burden is on the government, the employee, to demonstrate to the owners, the people, that the election is legitimate. All parts must be publicly verifiable for a legitimate re election. Each of the four components is a standalone part. You can't prove number three is intact by pointing to number four. The problem with absentee voting is that it places an unsustainable burden on number one, two, and three. The problem in Nevada shows a failure in accounting documents for number two and three. The government employee responded with, trust me, number four is okay. That's not how accounting works. And that was brilliant right there. Like that was a, an incredible explanation. They're telling you that because the tabulation is fine, don't worry about what's being told to the public. Don't worry about what your perception is and what we're showing you when you go to validate your vote and it says you voted, but you didn't actually vote. That is a huge problem. Like, I, I really don't understand. I, I don't think people, and nobody in the mainstream is covering this, by the way. I don't think people understand how significant this issue in Nevada really is because it blows up everything. Like, Every track your ballot app out there now is bunk. It means nothing. Right. So, and, and so here's the one big point, because that she did, an that was awesome. So this is what I told Chris last night when we were talking about this, right? The questions that he posed were simple process flow questions, right? Which should be answered. I told him, get people in Nevada need to get up and face, right? Don't get physical. But you need to demand answers. If you voted, you know somebody that lives in Nevada, they ought to be doing that. You ought to take, print up that tweet, X, response, whatever we call that stuff now, and take those questions. Because that's that's dead on. And they have to answer you. You want to see an external outside audit of the process they did when they corrected this code, right? And they, they're... There's no way, shape, or form. I'll hey, two thousand dollars to your favorite charity bet. Anybody wants to text me that they can't provide the proper evidence on that, right? And I'm just telling you, that's how confident I am in that in that state, right? Messing that crud up, and and that's it. So people in Nevada, if you're listening, if you know people that live in Nevada, they ought to be printing that stuff up and going and asking those questions and okay, demand Clay. somebody audit. Their Clay, I have to correct bets. you. I have to correct you. Um, according to Denise Ann, it's Nevada, and she's very upset that you're saying Nevada. And I'm saying Nevada, too, because I'm in Florida, and we say Nevada, and we okay. speak perfect English in Florida. Florida so. versus Florida. Florida. You're my Boston family now. Um, yeah, Clay, I, I'm dying to read this report. Do you have an understanding of you know what the what the flow of data is for these ballot track applications and and how 
when you go to the the Secretary of State's website and it shows that your ballot is validated. I mean, I always thought that when your ballot comes in, it scans and that you know sends the data to the Secretary of State's website and it's it's inserted and it you know it's essentially like when you go at like any any form of accounting. I mean, this sounds like they have two completely and totally separate uh, accounting systems in place. You know, like Listen. they're accounting for it over here, but they're not paying attention to what's being done over here. They, they they don't correlate and they absolutely should correlate. So so here's the thing. You have to understand that this process involves several entities, right? One, we know there's going to be a third party printer involved, right? Do we know? Is it run back? Right? Probably. I'm only, I mean, I know that's most of no I know that's Ash's favorite in Colorado, right? <laughs> no, we love our we love our no bid multi million dollar contracts to family so, where so, family members benefit. That's a feature. so here's the thing from the process flow, right? The very first piece is going to be the machinery, the system that packages those envelopes, that's printed everything, and that gets it all sealed up is going to track it, right? And and here's where the detail is going to fall apart, right? Because they'll say, "Hey, we printed it up." So they're just going to assume that it was picked up by the U.S. postal system, a most reliable system we all know. Right. And um, and so if you track it there, then the printer is going to send that information and have to talk to the system at the state level. Right. So it says, all right, we've sent these out now. Just because they were printed doesn't mean that they were mailed out. And you could add another step in there, but I guarantee you they don't, right? Then once it's out and it comes back in, then they've got to be processed through machinery. Unless, wait, Fulton County doesn't use their machinery because they didn't use it for signature verification. I'm just, you know, right? So I'm yeah, the multi-million dollar machines that hey, they just bought. Here, wait, no, yeah. let me. Um, okay, I'll look on the database. What yep, really bothered me. That's obviously I, in, how they did it. Um, in Fulton, so. what really bothered me is after they decided they were going to send absentee ballots to every everyone oh, or the, the ballot application forms. All right, but I got to get back I on the track because can't call me. Okay, okay. All right, so, so then it, so it goes out, it's mailed out, it gets sent back through the U.S. postal system. I'm going to assume that the next thing will be when it goes through the signature verification system, right? And then it's getting to, all right, we've got it. And I guarantee you that's what's getting fed. And they're saying, oh, yeah, you voted. Even though there's a whole thing about signature verification, then they've processed the actual ballot, right? That could be an additional step, right? So there should be like three checkpoints to where they get data so they're actually tracking the ballot, right, or your mail-in envelope, whatever they call them in Maricopa, right? They didn't want to say the ballot was in there. But so that's how it would get tracked by those points. And they should, if they're tracking, say, hey, your ballot's been sent. We got it. It's been processed. Hey, you voted, right? And, and those should be the data points. They should be able to show you multiple data points, just like FedEx can show you or UPS shows you where your package is at, right? Because they scan at each point. Yeah, what I was going to say really quick is I was very frustrated in Fulton County because the only uh, the best way they could have made sure that they weren't adding extra absentee ballots is to only count the people who signed the ballot registration form requesting a ballot. And it should be either that number or a little less because some people who received it took it in 
to vote and sign an affidavit. So any number that went over those, and then you wouldn't be messing with somebody's vote where they couldn't screen privacy because all these were, were the ballot application registration forms. And no one would get back to us to how many of the registration forms were returned to the secretary of state's office. Cause that number to me was the most important because it would either be that amount of absentee ballots or a little less for those who brought their absentee ballot in that decided at the last minute, they'd rather vote in person. And we would, they never gave us that number. And, you know, uh, because then we would see how much ballot stuffing actually took place. All right, we are we are going to hit our next sponsor right here, and then we're going to transition over to Georgia um, real quick. Before we do that, I just you know, I and I, I apologize for bringing this up. Um, I got my Twitter back, and I went and looked at some old stuff. I was searching Nevada on my phone, looking for previous posts, Nevada. trying to find the one Nevada, and um, <laughs> and uh, I found a post from way back in 2020 from Jesse Banal where Jesse Banal was a, was a former uh, attorney working on all the litigation with, with Donald Trump, with President Trump. And, you know, I, I was looking at this post and he said there were 42,000 votes of people that voted twice. And I started thinking about it and I'm like, hold on. If people voted in person because they didn't vote by mail, but somebody cast a ballot for them by mail, and, you know, it was showing up as yes, but no. And I was like, this is just a little bit too. I got banned from that on YouTube, by the way, I because that was with the post I made. Yep. And I'm like, go ahead, Clay. I, and I hate to do this, but uh, especially because we're going to be leaving into Georgia, because telling you you're right or I agree with oh. you is going to be a biggie. But um, so oh, you're gonna make us I know Ashley's already getting mad at me for this. But uh, so, hey, because I think you're right, especially on the stuff going on in Georgia with these court cases. They're just going to all of a sudden, nothing's going to happen. We're going to yeah. let it fly by because they won't be forced to admit it. Right. It's already so damning. It's just like listening when they didn't use the signature verification machine. And I'm like, and all I'm sitting there and I watched you guys and it's like, how did you do it? You know, listening to the commentary was funny because I think you and Ash were just going off about it or something. Like, Wait, what? You know, but but that's the valid point. If people sit there watching that thing, why couldn't that attorney or something bring that up to the judge right then and there? Yep. Who cares if it's just about subpoena this stuff? You know, the fact that they just admitted that there's no possible way the millions of votes they could have went through. You know, as, and as so soon they're going to they're going to kick this right, just like they did the law set that the, the California stuff with with L.A. County, right? You know, all of a sudden. Hey, now that data is gone. You can't bring charges to find out that actual poll worker's data is in China and on servers. And believe me, I've seen that crap, you know? Yeah. So the one thing, Brian, that I would um, uh, just quick story, Benal, Jesse Benal, um, still a lawyer. You said former attorney. He's not, he's, he's well, former not, attorney for Trump. For Trump. For Trump. Yeah. My, uh, one of my good friends was recruited by them, banal law group. And on her first energy interview, she was, she didn't end up working there. She was real into family law stuff, but on her Did first interview, one million votes. She, they, they said to her, it's, it's table stakes to work here. We're Trump supporters. We fight election fraud. We are MAGA and that if you have a problem with that, this isn't going to be the place for you. 
She's like, Hell this yeah. is a perfect law firm for you. <laughs> Start out with, did, did, did Joe Biden get 81 million lawful American votes? All right. Let's go ahead and hit our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we've got Beamish Metalworks Attention Badlanders. The heart of Malmo, Minnesota, a remarkably family-led te team at Beamish Metalworks is crafting not just metal art, but personalized, timeless masterpieces. Beamish Metalworks is in a class of its own, pioneering metal on wood creations. Imagine a piece of art that's not confined by generic design, but is a narrative of your persona, your memories, or your dreams. From the elegance of an office centerpiece to the wild spirit of hunting and fishing scenes, your imagination is the only limit. Dive into the realm of endless possibilities possibilities with beamish customizations for your space <clears throat> excuse me where your space becomes a reflection of you with the distinct vibe that only beamish metalworks can offer beamish metalworks proudly supports local heroes and events from veteran fundraisers to law enforcement gatherings embedding ourselves as a pillar of support and gratitude visit Be beamish metalworks today at badlandsmedia.tv slash metal art and use promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your one-of-a-kind purchase. Again, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash metal art and use promo code BADLANDS. And mine is on the way and I th I'm thinking about figuring out a way to mount it on like the American flag. So like it's raised above the American flag. I don't know. I'm debating it. I'm debating it. You're muted. Above the American flag? No, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of like watermark the American flag with it. But I'm I, no I, expert on the flag code, Brian, but I do that's know not a that real that's flag. a frown. That's not upon. a real flag. That's not a real flag. <laughs> flag code only applies to a cloth three by five or, you know, proportional flag. And, that, and that's a history flag, right? Because it that's, doesn't well, have that's a banana. Actually, it doesn't have a banana on it. <laughs> I, I, I was going to be funny Historical about this, artifact. I know it I gets you tape too, Brian. You, no, you really uh, knew what it means to a veteran to see our country in the state it's in. Yeah, right. I, I've thought I've yeah. thought long and hard about turning that flag upside down for for yeah. a few a few uh, months. That flag was actually made by a Vietnam veteran, uh, local to me down here, and he does that for like side money because you know the VA doesn't. He's completely disabled, and so uh, I bought one of those from him uh, like three years ago. I sight unseen. I was like, yes, I want it, and I, I love absolutely love it. It's amazing. Okay, let's get into Georgia. Ash, it's all you. Yeah, well, we have not had Amber back on the show since Fanny's trial, and she was in the room. So I think first, let's unless anybody objects, let's start there. Amber, tell us. Uh, Objection! I just want to do that once. I just want to do that once. I would love to have a gavel sometimes, especially on X space. Bam! You're wrong. No. Oh, I definitely need a gavel. That's yes. that's happening. So I don't know if you guys heard, but and I think I I I, I let you you two know. Um, Friday last Friday, uh, I started to notice uh, Nathan Wade's attorney intimidating Mr. Bradley when he was on the stand. He was doing hand signals, so he would and I I watched him for uh, almost an hour before I ran out of the courtroom to call some of the plaintiffs that are being indicted, their attorneys to get the word going. Hey, everybody look at Nathan Wade's attorney, Mr. Evans, because he's intimidating Mr. Bradley. If you looked at Mr. Bradley, he kept turning his eyes yeah. just like a half an yeah, inch. We have that. We, we played that last week or at some point, Brian. Yeah. And he out. was like, so there were particular times when he would pull his necktie like this he would sometimes grab the knot and do this. A lot of times when he wanted Mr. Bradley to not say it or to or to say he had privilege, he would put his his elbow on the table 
and then put it under his chin like this, cover his mouth and go like this. And then Mr. Bradley would go, well, I don't understand the question. No, And he would be obstinate. And anytime Mr. Bradley wouldn't look at him, then uh, Nathan Wade's attorney, when he wanted to get his attention, he would just jump up and object. I found it very strange that they sat Mr. Bradley's attorney in the jury box. So for him to even look at his attorney, he would have had to turn all the way that way. And the only attorney he could see was uh, Nathan Wade's attorney. And that and he was the one doing the objections, not his own attorney. And what's interesting is the guy sitting next to Mr. Bradley's attorney in the jury box are um, Fonnie Willis's and Nathan Wade's friend. He he was managing Mr. Bradley's attorney. So as soon as I saw that, I ran out of the courtroom, made some phone calls, and I did see um, a, a link that Brian sent because you guys, I guess, were live at the time and you were noticing something strange going on. Brian did, And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, other people noticing it. Now I don't feel crazy. I know I watched it for an hour, but one of the attorneys actually saw me um, viewing what was going on and they moved in my view. So when I went out to make a phone call, I came back in and sat in a different spot so I could still see it. But yeah, the intimidation was happening very much so. I would have totally pulled out my camera and just started filming him in the middle of it. Let's let's play this clip real quick. This is this is when so I caught you would you would be um, accused and and probably uh, convicted of violating the. The, yeah. yeah, the the rules uh, of recording in the court. Tina Peters has that was actually charged and I believe convicted on on that recording in a courtroom. Well, I'm going to charge whoever Zoom call this was then. <laughs> All right, this is what we were talking about right here, or what what I caught when we were watching the trial. Have some sense of what's going to come out, um, but Miss Merchant, I, I think knowing what your next question may be since usually we don't have that opportunity. Uh, does it presuppose some knowledge on his part that we have yet to establish? I mean, you can clearly see, you know, right about here, he's turning to him and literally mouthing to him. And uh, I mean, look, you're allowed to be coached by your attorney when you're not on the stand. But once you're on the stand, you know, it's pretty much fair he, game. He was looking but at that's his not attorney. His... He was looking in the jury box at that time. Oh, okay. Oh. So that looking over that way was his attorney. That, that the far, other way was, that's okay. his attorney. Like, look how I'm looking straight ahead. You would, you'll see his eyes do this. Mm. He's right. starting and he's looking at the end. Of, and Mr. Uh, Wade's attorney thought he was slick and out of the camera shot out of one of the, the uh, because one of the cameras were actually zooming through and looking at both tables. He had scoot his chair all the way to the end of the table, but you can actually, I've got to find those clips again where you can see him making like pulling on his necktie and like uh, covering his mouth going like this. And like, it just, it was like, he was doing a bait. Like he was the ump Signaling at a baseball game, like the, get, the, the catcher yeah. given the, the signs. Mm. And I thought this is insane. Mm. Ryan, you're on mute. Can I fanboy out for just a second here? Cause uh, I know this isn't like the, the Are craziest you thing on Nathan Wade or Mr. Bradley. No, 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 no. Okay. So then I wanted yes. to get, I, I wanted to get an attorney's opinion. And so I know that there's other attorneys out there that were streaming this. And so I went to Robert Govier Rob, and I was and watching this. Did not. Can so I sent him a rumble What's rant. Up, Can Con? Is this Can Con? Says, did you catch Bradley talking with someone off screen from the witness stand during a side conversation? Thoughts on this? some short clip from CanCon. So CanCon Actual is a great creator 
says, who is the witness bottom left whispering to right here from the witness stand? Oh, that was his lawyer. That was his lawyer. His lawyer was on his right-hand side. Remember, we didn't see the lawyer in, in this front row here. The lawyer was actually sitting in the jury box. So the way this, this room is structured, it was his lawyer, I'm sure. So like this is the clerk's bench. On the opposite side of the clerk bench is where all the jury people are. There's no jury in this case. So I'm presuming that that was his lawyer. And that's an interesting thing, right? Why is he, why is he whispering with his lawyer? Very interesting. Good catch on that, CanCon. Very, very good link. Back here, let's just pull that up right now. See what that, that looks like because he shared the link on the video. Here's, here's that. Just to be okay. clear, CanCon was fanboying himself. Just so, um, no, not myself. I, I like Robert yeah, Gouvier. I, I lo I've loved watching him come to trials. What your next question may be, since usually we don't have that opportunity. Right there. Have some sense of what's going to come out. Um, but, Ms. Merchant, I, I think yeah. knowing what your next question may be, since usually we don't have that opportunity, uh, does it presuppose some knowledge on him? Definitely was talking to his lawyer. Great catch on that. CanCon Actual, man. Give right. him a good follow. All right, there you go. Man, listen, he's a good attorney, and I like his stuff. He's he's evaluated my declarations pretty good, but come on, Kencon. You know what I'm saying? All right, everybody give Kencon a. That was awesome. Uh, ah, that shut was up. Really awesome. Yeah. No, so, I, I enjoy his coverage. I enjoy his coverage. I was, of I was really floored by the fact that someone who's associates with Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade was sitting next to Mr. Bradley's attorney, which is why Mr. Bradley's attorney remained silent most of the time. Mm. I mean, the intimidation. And if you go back, Remember when uh, Mr. Bradley request to be a witness on Zoom, Miss Merchant said, OK, one of the other plaintiffs said, no, we want her here. But the, the defense said, no, we want her here. At that minute, I was like, why did they actually, you know, yes, Zoom is hard to do in courtrooms. I get it. But for the, the people he had been working with, he had been being obstinate in court, trying to please uh, Nathan Wade, trying to please Fonnie Willis. And then uh, they were like, no, he has to be here. That's because they wanted to manage him. And it yeah. made total sense after that. And, you know, the first time I saw it, I wanted to run out of the courtroom, but I thought if I don't see a pattern, then I can't actually speak to it actually happening. So sitting there for over 30 minutes was grueling. I, 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 I was miserable because I wanted to hurry up and tell somebody. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet. Um, so in, in terms of that level of effort to get him in the courtroom, make sure that he's there so they could handle him. But he really appeared to be wanting to please them. Right. I mean, he was kind of following the program and 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 obviously there in that clip watching along and, you know, whatnot. And then at the end of the thing under the bus, he went. I mean, they just backed him over a couple times, set him on fire, and uh, he. And did you see his you face see where he was like? He was shocked. And <laughs> Anna Cross, though, when she was when she was coming up, she says, and the the defense attorney seemed to be saying something along the lines of, "What are you? What is this for?" And she goes to impeach the witness, and she was very precise right in front of the camera when she did it. And it was like. Holy cow, this was a setup of yeah. him. And that tells me that what his testimony is, is freaking terrifying to them. Yeah, they threw him right under the bus. Yeah. But so, there's so also here, something. Here's the thing I'll tell you, though. Um, 
you can prep witnesses for the questions that will be done in trial, but hey, can con crunch guy. Um, hey, I gotta, you're not allowed to coach, right? And, and right. any of that consulting with the attorneys back and forth. Now, look, if you've got a good judge, if you're on the witness stand, you can turn to the judge and ask to address the court or something. And if he will, he'll let you explain. I, I've seen that, ha that happen here with um, Dr. Daltrey, right, in the Alabama case that he got to explain. But that you can't you can't talk with the attorney or tell him, hey, ask me that question again. Because if the judge says, hey, no, your attorney will get it back, you know, after cross, he, he can come back and ask you the questions. Then you have to sit there and wait and hope the attorney remembers. There's no there's no coaching or communication that can be done. You know, you've got to well, be up there by yourself answering the questions that are directed to you. So, if you watch it again, uh, what you see is it looked like the defense changed their tactic. Once they got Miss Merchant's phone and they actually saw all the texts between Mr. Bradley and Miss Merchant, because Mr. Bradley had deleted some of them and they were unaware of the back and forth. And then what was really mean and you know, just rude of them is she had found a specific text and then she shows it to them. They scroll through and they, they close it out knowing it was going to take her a while to find it again. So she just pushed that away. And then she handed them her phone. They then scrolled through and you know, Mr. Bradley had deleted his back and forth with Miss Merchant. And then now they're seeing all the things that he had deleted and what Mr. Bradley had shared with her. I think at that moment, if those texts were going in, they had to destroy his character yep. and their tactic changed almost immediately. That was the moment. I, I wrote this for Badlands News Brief. That was the moment I agree that the second the judge said, I'll review these the, these messages in, in camera, they had to impeach him before that in camera review. That became very clear from their behavior. Yep. I love the way the attorneys all just kind of like at that moment, all of them stood up and they're like, whoa, 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 don't don't bring that up now. That's my argument. I'm going <laughs> to that was that was a classic moment right there. I was trying I to send that you, actually. Uh, yeah, I was trying to send you that specific clip like that moment. And John didn't play it long enough on Liberty Den last week, but it was it was classic. I mean, yeah. it was just like they laid they laid it all out. But I've been saying this and Amber, I'd like to get your opinion on this. I've been saying this since the beginning. This case was made to die. As soon as Harrison Floyd brought up Trump, what if we prove that Trump will win or that Trump won this case? They knew immediately that this case was going nowhere and they didn't want it to go anywhere. Now, I don't know enough about um, one of the attorneys and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to, you know, destroy anybody's reputation that doesn't deserve it. But there was a specific attorney on the defense side that is an MSNBC contributor. That is a Nathan Wade, or was at least at one point during a campaign, a Nathan Wade supporter. And I can't help but think that they're being fed information to to, to destroy, to, to torpedo this case. Because, I, I mean, Clay, you know as good as anybody here, the, the evidence in Georgia is damning that Donald Trump won Georgia. It is yeah. damning. It's, I, I, I've said it. You know, Maricopa got all the news and publicity. But Georgia is was the by worst. far, by far, so much worse. So how we knew they were going to throw this case. So if I go back two years, some of us have actual physical evidence, like that they allowed um, 
envelopes, just regular household envelopes, vanilla envelopes, where they just put the ballots in and then wrote absentee ballot. Like they were throwing those things away. They threw away ethernet cords. Some of us actually had that physical evidence. And so a lot of times when there was battling in a couple of our Facebook groups that had both Democrats and Republicans, the Democrats would say, uh, Trump, he's going to get in trouble. We're He needs to be sued. Georgia's going to bring, you know, bring him to justice. This was wrong. And then I would always pipe up with, that would be great because now he can introduce his evidence exactly. and there's plenty of it. And then everyone would go silent and they'd take it out of the local news and they'd stop asking Fonnie Willis at her press conferences when she would be talking about gang violence. And then someone from the AJC, someone from a media outlet would say, what are you going to do about Trump? And she was there to talk about gang violence. And then they would say, what are you going to do about Trump? At that point, it was very um, interesting because anytime they do that, I would say, yeah. And there's some of us who have actual physical evidence and it'll be great because this will be the first case where voter fraud evidence will be able to be entered in and they would go silent again. So I knew they were never really going to take this seriously. This was just a way to destroy his character and get the people in Coffee County so they could say it was the biggest breach and then act as if this is why we need to get rid of the voting machines because now we've upset most of the citizenry and they might go red now like a hundred percent and there's no way that we can take you know take this away so now we have to go back to the machines are bad like we did in 2016. see and that's mm. because i think because the way in georgia is went these cases just like hey the subpoena case where they're listening and they talk they these outrageous hours. What was it? 50,000 something hours. And then, and then you hear they didn't even use the signature verification machine. Normal people sitting here watching that are like, are you kidding me? You, there's no, you know. And so it's falling apart. And then notice what happened in Nevada, though. They went back to the old school way. Hey, let's play the numbers with the poll books. Say people voted. One circus stuff here behind the scenes. And nobody's going to know. So they're they're scrambling just because the way Georgia is going to expose so much because now they got to hang Trump. But what do you do now when you know he's about to throw evidence at everything? And so yeah. and that's why I and I know I just said this other night on space, but it's it's so true. In 2016, everybody was so fed up. We broke the algorithm, that poll book. Yes, you voted even though, you know, and we're moving them around and boom. And then, so then all the machine stuff happened and now we're into 2024. They figured, Hey, we got to try something else. They're wise on these machines. They're hitting stuff. They're noticing and in Georgia, these mail-in ballots were flat, not even folded. I mean, everything's being picked up. So it's like, let's go back. Let's try the old way. That's what Nevada said. Let's well, let's so you know what's significant about that in the Raffensperger case, Morrison and Forrester or David Cross with, and I wonder if uh, Mrs. Cross and David Cross are, are related. That was interesting to me, but um, they said that they wanted to get rid of the BMDs, but they weren't worried about the scanners or the tabulators. They wanted to keep the tabulators. And that's when you knew, well, that's where their seal is right yeah. there. And the fact that then they said, well, we don't even want to get rid of ballot marking devices in every precinct because, you know, the blind need them and people with disabilities need them. And then they were saying, we just want the counties to be able to choose to have handmarked paper ballots. Now imagine how devastating it would be to have BMDs in a precinct along with enough handmarked paper ballots 
in there, they would hold back some of the ballots, put everyone on the BMDs and at night bring in other people to fill out the, the, those handmarked paper ballots. That's dangerous. You have to have one or the other. You cannot do both. That is yeah. like, that is another way, and, another loophole. And gosh, if we still had Sean on here, because he and I have had, I'll say discussions. We didn't get argumentative. Uh, so over, over that, bullshit. right? Because I went to our test. <laughs> and I, I know Sean real well. I call Marie bullshit. Gunny and a Colonel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, I, I mean, and and I had to I had to concede that argument to him, right? Because he said, "No, you can't have the machines." Because here's the thing: I've witnessed a legally blind woman at our test use it, right? I voted on an express vote just so I could get the barcodes because I had somebody because we could take pictures of our ballot, so I had it examined and even got even more evidence of why you shouldn't use them, right? But um, but the thing is, is if they do have the ballot market device for 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 people with disabilities and stuff. It should print a regular ballot that looks just like the other ballots that should be marked, right? And it still should be hand counted, right? And and, and that's the big thing because you you take care of that person. That's the whole reason they said HAVA, Help America Vote Act, and people with disabilities to pay for this expensive equipment. You get back to, to that fundamental. There's no reason for a QR code or a barcode that's not human readable. And that's what that's what we have to do. It's is if you're going to allow that, but they still need to be hand counted because Amber's exactly right. They're going to control those numbers in the flow. And here's the thing I'll tell you. We bash Dominion, but you know, the ESNS Express Vote XL, the new one, it's a DRE as well. And it has tabulation capabilities. Oh, and you know, it can press print a test deck. So if I, I know this would send Sean into a whizzy. So you have the machine create a test deck so you don't have to do it the way you're supposed to do it during an LNA, right? And I know, Ash, you've worked around the tech field. You know, if you test a system, it should be tested in the way that it's operational, right? Yeah. AKA election day. So there should be somebody putting in the votes cast and printing it up that way. If the machine can print a, a test deck, the capability is there. And I yep. tell you what, if the capability is there, people that are like clay are going to get in there and print any ballots they want. Clay, yeah, did, that, I ever, oh, did I ever right. tell you about the woman uh, in, in uh, I think it was like Lanier Township in Michigan. Did I ever tell you that story when in the 2022 primary uh, when they ran the test? When they, they, they had like a, a, a big discrepancy where uh, the ballots weren't feeding properly, almost like Maricopa, what you guys discovered. And I did a little investigation and I called up the clerk there and uh, she, Lavoina, Lavoinoia, she was willing to talk to me and I, I talked to her about it and she said, yeah, when I did the logic and accuracy testing, they, they ran fine. But when I did it, they give us a sample test deck, like they give you a stack and they say, this is what you run through. And she said, but I always add in my own ballots here and there. I always add oh, in yeah, my own ballots. And, and she did, look, 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 I can't remember the township off the top of my head, but I said, because this is when I was talking with Jeff Lenberg and Lenberg's like, what if the, the test deck is either a trigger or it knows a certain number of ballots that it has to go through the machine before it can start doing whatever. And because she added in, you know, a certain amount of ballots on her own accord without anybody knowing the machines went, went haywire. Oh, I got to arrest her, got to arrest her, go arrest her. You know? No, they didn't. They didn't do anything to her. They oh, I know, I know. Error. But that's what they'll do. 
they'll come at you just like you said, oh, hey, I didn't mail and vote. And they'll give you the ballot and show up at your doorstep. Hey, you voted twice, you criminal. You know, it's just all right. Ash, yeah, you want to I, we got to wrap well, up. yeah, I was just going to say, you know, we we're talking about how the it, the text messages getting in was the trigger for them to have to impeach the witness. I think on a broader case standpoint, that hearing that Harrison Floyd had where for the first time we saw the the question of these pieces of evidence, things that they've destroyed, we saw those things come up. Very shortly after that hearing, this case was filed uh, about Fannie and, and Wade. And so I think that there's another trigger there that that once it comes down to, oh, yeah, we're going to get election fraud on the we're going to you guys are going to actually well done. Now you actually have to to litigate the election. They're going to, um, I think, get rid of it. Uh, mm -hmm. I wish I could find like the exact the first time that I said they're going to tank this case. I think it was on the listen, listen. Hey Brian, I've already admitted you were gonna be correct, man. All right, so come on. <laughs> no, but I think I did it on November third. Like yeah. the most the most no, recent but, hey, but that's right. And it, it Ash brought it that's the point. Oh, so now wait a minute. Fanny's quick. Well, we just have to throw everything out because she's she's a bad, bad girl, you know? So that's yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. All right, guys. Um, thank you guys all both so much for joining us. Uh, Amber, you guys can find her on X at AC underscore truth, right? All right. And then Clay, you can find him at uh, I'm a I'm a dumbass. Uh, excuse, oh, I'm sorry. Parik Clay on X as well. Uh, Notice if I was a female gunnery sergeant, he would be cowering in the corner. <laughs> well, to be fair, you aren't screaming. What have you done? What have you done? Don't that ever ask so questions you don't know the yeah. answer to, Gunny. You know, so I get it. But hey, but you've been trained in your red light, yellow light, green light, sexual harassment classes. See? I was polite. Um, I was polite. You see a female you were, Gunny. You were, and you, and you, you was in Gunny you mode. You should have spoke. Hey, what about the E4 Mafia, Bubba? A little too polite. turned into corporal opinion. mode and put her in her place. You know what I mean? Lance, Lance Corporal Mafia. It's been a while since I've done it, but <laughs> I, I was in the Lance Corporal, but the Lance Corporal Mafia all the way. All right, guys. Thank you guys all so much for joining us. Ash, as always, thank you for being my wonderful co-host and for, uh, like, I think you did, like, three shows with me this week, so thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, Amber, we'll have to get you back on here soon when when the uh, when all this dies. We didn't even get into the explosiveness of today. That was just I know there's so much happened in Fanny's case today. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, everybody out there, have a great weekend, and thank you guys all so much for joining us. Make sure you go over to Eye of the Storm, which is up next, and uh, make sure that you show them uh, that you came from Why We Vote. And yeah, the, hit the thumbs up. Thank you, Clay, for that. Hit the thumbs up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, I got to do it the right way. Right there, hit that thumbs up. We got 2,800 people watching and 514 thumbs up. We need a lot more than that because yeah. there's always a competition over the weekend between why we vote, Eye of the Storm, Liberty Den, and they usually kick our butts because apparently people don't like election integrity. Way more important than those two shows, folks. I'm just throwing that out there. You get a Taco Bell. <laughs> and I'm going to Taco Bell right now. A number two and a grilled cheese stuffed burrito with a Mountain Dew. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.
Man, they all left, but I forgot to do Rumble Rants. So, Ash, if you see this, come back real quick because I feel like crap. So I'm going to run through Rumble Rants real quick. Looking at this, you're getting bonus time. Uh, Dara Muth says, uh, for a fellow Rumbler, hope you have a great night and even better weekend. Let's go Rumble. Thank you so much, uh, Dara Muth. Uh, Denise Ann said, Christy is smart. You should listen to her, Brian. Cats are awesome. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I'm just not a cat fan. Melindy says, never, ever open the ballot you received in the mail. If you're going to vote in person is proof against you that you already voted line. Fact, fact in Florida. In fact, if you, uh, if you keep your ballot, if you request a mail-in ballot and you vote in person, it's a felony. Uh, I think it's a felony. Uh, alpha warrior show says two hotties and two gorgeous ladies. Don't know why I didn't get an invite. <laughs> Douchebag. Uh, Desert Ram, thanks for becoming a monthly supporter. And that was so good. CanCon Alpha, love you, bro. Okay, this time for real. Love you guys. Have a great weekend.